Welcome to Circus Voices, brought to you by CircusTalk.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Lee Iverson from In Center Ring. Circus Talk is the leading online career and casting marketplace for circus and performing arts and an essential resource for circus and multidisciplinary artists and talent seekers. Circus Talk offers job listings, career development content, and a talent database that talent seekers use for hiring. Our podcast features engagement conversations with international experts, including professional artists and talent seekers, creative leaders, influential coaches and teachers, and industry innovators. These interviews offer you insight into the diverse and dynamic world of circus and performing arts. On this episode, we welcome Lisa B. Lewis, founder and executive director at Omnium Circus. Propelled by a stirring desire for an even more inclusive big top, this author, artist, and scholar would endeavor to birth the kind of circus that would welcome not only the multicultural talents the genre is renowned for, but create an authentically inclusive space for the contributions and artistry of the multi multi-abled community, all the while servicing and accommodating the diverse needs of its audience. The kind of circus the New York Times hails as genuinely extraordinary. All right, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages and everyone in between, we have the one and only Lisa B. Lewis, who is now the founder and executive director, the, the grandmaster general of the wonderful Omnium, a bull moose circus, which I'm a part of. I, I have the privilege of being the board chair and ringmaster. So understand that this conversation will be completely unapologetically biased. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with a really wonderful person who called me about two years ago. And as some of you might remember, we did speak on my show in Center Ring about her new venture. Uh, which was Omnium Circus in the middle of a pandemic. Let's talk about that. Like, how has it panned out? I mean, you started this baby right smack in the middle of a pandemic. And we're doing what now? We're doing great. We are working really hard. Um, We've got a phenomenal show. We've got bookings all the way through 2024. Uh, I love it. Yesterday, our official dates for the New Victory Theater in New York City in 2024. We've got a lot of really exciting things happening. Um, we continue. We are a nonprofit. We continue to try to raise money. Anybody wants to participate in that, be my guest. <laughs> be our guest. That's right. That's right. Amen. Got- Hop on board, please. OmniumCircus.org. And we've got some phenomenal education programs rolling out. Um, it's really, really, I'm really proud of us. We've, everybody's working so hard and we've worked through some really challenging times and some wonderful times. And I'm just really, really proud of us. It's an idea whose time has come. Well, you know, this is not just hyperbole and my own bias, our own bias, but listen, the New York Times, the venerable New York Times called Omnium genuinely extraordinary and i mean that's a big deal for a new company a new circus company no one's ever seen before that's doing new things please remind us about the 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 genesis of omnium what what this this particular company 
how did you come up with the concept and, and why? So the concept came out of a genuine need that I saw in the community. Having worked within the disability community for so many years um, with Big Apple Circus and having experienced it through my own life, it's so challenging for, so you've got to realize one in four people in this country has a disability. So that's 25% of the nation has a disability. That means almost every family, in fact, it's either 78 or 87, the numbers switch in my head, um, percentage of people are related to, involved with, friends with, come in contact with on a regular basis. That's almost everybody. So if you want to go and enjoy, a, enjoy something with your family, if you want to go to the circus with your family together, it seems normal. Everybody should have a right to do this. But if you have one kid on the autism spectrum, another kid that has a swimming practice, another kid that has a dance practice, another kid that has cerebral palsy, another kid that has a different access need, you're prevented from doing that because the access is only available on certain days, at certain times, and it may or may not work with everyone's schedule. So the original idea was to provide complete access to every show all the time. So if you have, if your father, your grandmother, someone in your family is blind or low vision, you have audio description available every show. If someone is deaf or hard of hearing, you have American Sign Language built into the production so you don't have to stare off to the side and miss all of the action. If you're sensory sensitive, the whole show is geared for you to feel comfortable. It's meant to make everyone feel welcome as, mm. as an audience. And as performers, we all represent so that when you come to the show, you'll say, hey, that one looks like me or that one looks like you. Wow, you're capable of greater things than I ever even thought you were. So that together through representation and access, we can really bring the community, bring our community together. And our community is the world. We're all one big community. Hence the name Omnium. Hence the name Omnium, of all and belonging to all. I love it. Um, you know, and to date, Omnium is singularly the only performing arts institution that is fully inclusive. Is that correct? Um, in this country, we are one of only nine. Wow. And we are the only circus. Wow. Wow. And we are the only ones providing complete access for all audiences at every show. Now that's something else. So this is amazing because now I want to know, and I want the audience to know, of course, I know I'm the chairperson, but I'm going to act like I'm unbiased, but I'm not, uh, you know, please take us over the, the wonderful uh, journey of casting of putting this show together, a fully inclusive show. Now we talk about this all the time and we kind of pat ourselves on the back. We remember during the summer of 2020, there was a lot of high activism and we heard from a lot of big corporations and companies and everybody was making these statements towards social justice and inclusion. And when we opened back up, <laughs> the biggest criticism has been it's just business as usual. Yet, when you look at the board of Omnium, from the board to our staff, to our cast, to our crew, it is a fully inclusive 
mm-hmm. institution. And so what is that journey like? Because let's just be real. It's not, it can't be the easiest thing to put all of these different types of pieces in place because quite frankly, they all operate differently in many respects. They need different needs. How do you put that together? How do you, what is that journey like? And let's say just casting. Um, It is a journey because everyone does have different needs and it's a very conscious journey. And I actually am not, I have no complaints. It's a journey, but it's one that is well worth taking. And yes, it's additional effort and it's well worth that effort. And my hope is that many other companies will see what we're doing and follow suit. Um, When we go with casting, it's really a matter of finding the most talented people we can and then choosing from among them to make sure that we've covered, that everyone is represented. So if we have an aerialist, there's lots of aerialists in the world. Well, we have a very wonderful and very special aerialist. So not only is she fabulous, she also happens to have been born with no legs. So there's that. Now we have another act. So now we need um, a juggler randomly. So we need a juggler. So let's look at all the jugglers in the world, find the best jugglers we can and choose the most unique and the most original and maybe who has a different story to tell. And the act is, is slightly different and just truly special. And that's really what we're looking for is those unicorns. We said back in 2020 at a production meeting that we're a team of unicorns. <laughs> I like <And> that. <laughs> I feel like we really are. It's a very, it's a strong, really dedicated, special team of people. Now, do you think, you see, because I'm just wondering, I mean, you make it sound so seamless and obviously there's effort in doing it and it takes a little extra to look for the unicorns, but one still has to ask why aren't other companies who certainly have more resources than we do, why aren't they actually taking that initiative? Why aren't they going out and and fulfilling the promises that they themselves made during the summer of 2020? They don't know how. I think they said they want to do it, but when it comes right down to it, I think they genuinely don't know how to take the first step. And I wish they would call me and say, hey, Lisa, can you give us a hand? Mm. Because we totally will. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Now, that is a there you go. There's a consulting arm. We Omnium has a consulting arm. I I think that would be actually a a good, I mean, you are creating a model. Omnium is creating a model of how to do this. And if companies are serious um, about actually making their their organizations representative of what the country and what the world really looks like, and not just for show, you know, bottom line, it takes effort. It takes people with a broader imagination and not to, not to the thing I love about Omnium, which is why I jumped on board is because I know you personally, I've known you for a while (laughs) is that I knew it wasn't going to be tokenism. 
Correct. That to me is more offensive than not having it at all. I mean, it, it wasn't about tokenism. And, and could you speak to that? Like, can you speak to, you know, really not just looking for, okay, we want this represented and that represented, but we actually, no, we actually want you actually to be that unicorn. We want you to actually, when you represent, as they say in the vernacular of the street, you represent. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I was, I joke and I'll say tokens are tokens go in slot machines. Right. <laughs> and it really isn't about tokenism. You're hundred percent correct. It has to be real. You've got to really value people, not just because, Oh wait, you're the black one. Great. We'll take you. <laughs> no, it, it is not. It's what culture do you come from? Where are you coming from? What is your story? What is your history? What is the life? and the experience that has brought you to this point of excellence in your career. And that backstory forms who you are and forms the value of you as a person. And everyone has different values and everybody has a challenge. There's no human being on this earth that makes it to adulthood without challenges. It's not the nature. That's just the nature of the world. And those challenges are what make us who we are. In because of, not in spite of, as one of our board members says, because of, not in spite of, or maybe it's in spite of, I don't know. But um, but it really is very important to value people and to respect their culture. Um, Anna, who is your partner in crime, our yes. phenomenal poet, Anna Kitchen, um, has a fascinating story where she comes to the world she is deaf and she comes to the world through a hearing family. That process has made her who she is and she's a beautiful performer and it, that comes out in her performing and in her personality because of her story. Absolutely. I mean, I, and that's something that I value greatly. You know, Anna and I, it's so amazing because we've actually, we feel like together we've created our own language you know um mm-hmm. and between this hearing person and this person who doesn't hear and you know the rhythm i have to speak to stay with her and she with me when she's signing and not only is she signing see that's the beauty of this because anna is a full-out dancer she's an athlete and she is extraordinarily physical and so she's using all of herself to communicate to the audience um, with the integrity of ASL, with the integrity. I mean, that's the thing that's the for, foremost in her mind every time we're um, rehearsing the show and putting things together is, does this actually translate clearly to the audience? You know, so, I mean, integrity is really at the top of this. And I, I think um, in, in making these kinds of companies and creating the shows that come out of it, I think the integrity is actually informed by our dynamic diversity. You know, I mean, it, it's really hard to write a story about a black person if no black people are there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But sure. it's happened for years, you know, and, and so that can be said for just about any people. And I, I you know, I think what's happening for audiences is what's happening for us as a company, how we're stretched 
you know, how we're stretched in our own artistry and our own crafts in our own particular way of doing things when we're working with people who are so vastly different than ourselves and we end up finding our commonality. It's always there. And I think that's always been the magic of circus, wouldn't you say? I would totally agree with you. I completely agree. And that is absolutely the magic of circus and the magic of Omnium and the magic of what we're doing is to really bring our passions and who we are together and our experiences of learning to work together. If we can do this in this microcosm, the world can learn from us. They can take this back to their offices and back to their schools and realize that they can do the same. They can, they can have a parallel path to unite the whole world together. This is so true. I notice people are really having an emotional reaction to the performances. Yes. You know, I mean, you know me, I'm kind of stoic, but even I go, gosh, man, people are really like moved. You know, we have a wonderful artistic director, Noé España, uh, and his legendary family. And, uh, you know, he's he has such a keen eye for certain things that just work. You know, I'm neither here nor there. If it works, it works. And he has such a keen eye. And just that little thing we do at the end of our our you know, I don't want to ruin our show, but, you know, there's a little bit in there we do that I would he have me do it. In my mind, I'm going, this is so this is so cheesy. This is so this is going to be so cheesy. And then I did it and the, the whole audience melted. All fifteen hundred people. <laughs> Capital One Hall melted. And I said, I can't believe this stuff works. But people have such a, an emotional reaction to it. And I do believe it has everything to do with two things. One, it's the first time audiences can authentically say they see themselves there. And two, those who probably aren't really who, even if you don't really see yourself or, you know, you, you fit the normative, you're still drawn in by how broad your perspective is now forced to become, you know, now you're not looking Oh, look at the girl with no legs. You're going, my goodness, look at this aerialist and she can do that. And she's not, it's not, Oh my goodness. Oh, look at, we're trotting on this person with no legs. No, this is an actual full out knockout artist who just happens to have no legs, but (laughs) she's just, in this other package. And I love how you put, you put it in one of our conversations. You said, you know, we're just, we just come in these different packages, but the, the, the standard of excellence is all the same. The standard of excellence is all the same. Mm-hmm. It is, it really is. And it's, that's, that's what we need to share with the whole world that there is excellence in everyone. And we have to look for it. You're you're busy around the clock. I mean, this is really, truly your baby. And, you know, you hear a lot of people, they talk about going into things, having their own businesses and starting their own shows. Um, it's it's work. It, it really is work. Can you really can you speak to the importance of not just only trying to have something, but the importance of going the way your blood beats, really doing something that you are truly driven by. That is really your calling. 
I mean, can you speak to, to how important that is for you? It's really important. Any, it's 91% inspiration and 99% perspiration. And I do, I genuinely, genuinely believe that in order to be successful, you really have to follow your passion. And I'm, it's taken me a long time to figure out exactly where I fit in the world. And I don't think that's unique to me. I think most people have a similar circumstance, but to, when you find the exact niche that brings together every single aspect of your character, of your drive, of your passion, of your personality, and it just fits together. And for me, that's what Omnium is. My love of performing, my love of circus, my deep, deeply held convictions about equality and inclusion and access and all of these things have been brewing in different parts of my life with different experiences over time. And I've done almost, almost any job there is to be done within the circus world. And I'm not proud and I'm happy to do any job because you got bills to pay, you work, you know, whatever. But I feel like if someone told me once, if you love what you're doing, you never work a day in your life. That's not quite true. Cause there's always going to be days where you're like, Oh my God, I can't deal with this today. <laughs> but you kick yourself in the behind and you get up and you do it anyway. But yeah. I do think it's really important to, even if you don't know what your passion is yet, follow your heart and it will take you there. Mm. You may not find it right away. That's okay. It's taken me a lot of years. But you're here. You're here now. And, and listen, we were there. I, I really want you to speak on this because I think it's so important for those of us who pursue things like wanting to start our circus or wanting to start that passion. And everything isn't always going to go smoothly. Mm-mm. And sometimes you're going to meet with you're going to meet uh, Mr. Old Failure. And I don't even call it failure. I call it you'll meet that roadblock that presents the option of failure. <laughs> and you have a choice to make, you know, I mean, and I'd love for us to really touch on that. I remember we were in Washington, D.C. We were going to really make a go at it at the first stop. And we had a bump in the road. Mm-hmm. What always and what to me, I knew this company was destined is when we pulled out of that and it turned into something and and you'll explain it better than me but i think it just turned into something that actually was a kind of strange gift yeah and um i think most importantly you know i'm big on relationships as are you it really sealed who really is in this thing you know, I mean, that's to me was the most impressive aspect of it. So, I mean, if you don't mind just giving us just a wee bit of details of it, I hope you're not too traumatized from it because I don't think you are. I don't think you <laughs> hold, I don't think you hold trauma. You like the most positive person. You and Kevin Bernardo's man you, you <laughs> have to be the most positive people I know. Uh, you know, the smile is there. You know, you know, is not even no to you. It's next opportunity. You know, it's like exactly. you all are walking. You're like, you're like walking motivationals. 
<laughs> and it, you really kind of have to look at it that way. It's really so much about ebbs and flows. I mean, we put, as you know, we put all of our energy in to starting off our tour based on a model that we knew and introducing ourselves as a nine-week tented tour in Washington, D.C. And then Omicron came. And the tickets weren't selling. And the numbers weren't working. We had everything all set up to go, ready to go on our tour. We were working in groups. We were really digging deep within the community because that's our model, is to really work within a community to bring everyone up together. And circumstances beyond our control changed our path. Mm. Omicron came, tickets weren't selling, people weren't coming out to see the shows. Maybe they would have later, but probably not because of Omicron. And we had a choice to make. We could say, okay, if we push forward, everybody loses and we can't pay our bills. And now what are we supposed to do? And that's not fair to people. So as a board and as an administration, we made a choice to say, okay, it's time to make a pivot now. This isn't going to happen. This direction cannot happen without causing really real pain for people. And that's not what we're about. So we shifted. We said, okay, that's not gonna happen. Let's make sure everybody gets made whole, which we did, and let's shift direction. And we were very, very fortunate because our team did stick together. Everyone had the option to say, okay, I'm done, I quit. And no one did. Every single person said, I'm here, I stay, let's make this happen. And the goal was to get at least a video because we had this amazing team. Um, we were donated rehearsal space. We just had such an incredible team of people really behind us to make this happen. So we did exactly that. We put on a production and we were very, very fortunate. Balladette opened their doors to us, which they never do to a hearing company. That was huge. That university is just so wonderful and so gracious. The circumstances and behind that were just really miraculous. That could be a whole different episode. <laughs> When anybody does, if anybody out there is in the mood for a really great documentary, boy, we have one for you. <laughs> Just that alone, that that whole how Gallaudet opened up, and boy, what! But our pivot was really amazing, and and I think that's a wonderful thing for again um, budding circus owners to hear, and those who are managing companies, operating companies, and quite frankly, listen, um, I think in in a strange sense, it helped that we did create this in the middle of uh, a, a pandemic because that's all anybody was doing. Either they were crumbling or they were pivoting. And you had to learn how to pivot. You had to learn how to figure out a new way of expression. And I, I, I mean, looking at it now, the timing couldn't have been better. And I think, honestly, where we are now and how we're doing the show is actually much better than we originally intended. You know, um, you know, I think it works out better that way. It makes us more pliable. But you're the boss. You tell me. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. I think that the way we had to pivot is such a it's such a smarter move. We're on such a more intelligent path towards 
our goal than we would have been otherwise. Mm. We were doing what we knew at the time. You do the best you can with the information you have at the time. And that's exactly what we did. No regrets. And what we've learned through that is that our product has a much broader reach. And we were in fact limiting ourselves and we didn't even know it. Wow. So now we have such a broader reach. We can reach a, an even bigger audience and a more inclusive audience around the entire nation. And I feel like we're on such, I don't know. It seems like we really are on the path that we were meant to be on. We just had to find it our own way. Yeah. Yeah. So the future of the circus, if I ask you, the future of the circus is fill in the blank, Lisa B. Lewis. The future of the circus is bright. Hmm. The cir circus is an incredible art form. I feel like not just us, but everybody is out there working so hard to bring joy to so many, each in their own way. And I feel like the world really needs us right now. And we need to be out there. I'm hoping all the rest of the circuses follow suit. I'm hoping they too choose to become more inclusive. And I know many of them are. And I know many people have called me and have said, hey, Lise, how can we do that? Can you help us? And many people have reached out and I love it. I'm, we're an open book. The, I, the more the merrier. Mm -hmm. The more inclusion, the merrier. If all the circuses in the world suddenly decided, yes, we want everybody included. We want to include sign language. We want to create a space for people who are neurodiverse. We want to create room in our lives and in our world and in our audiences for everyone. What a better place this world would be. And the circus is uniquely qualified to do that because we are mass entertainment. We appeal to everyone. It's not a particularly intellectual art form. I mean, it is behind the scenes, but of course, you know, you don't, it's not drama, it's entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the best part about it is it humanizes those differences. You know, it, it really humanizes the differences. I think that's our great gift. And even more so the fact that we've created something that gives the audience a sense of ownership. You know, you mentioned that earlier, how now families can really, really come together and enjoy this, this experience together and not worry about, you know, what the combinations might be for their child who may be on the autism, autism spectrum or whatever other challenges there may be. They can all truly enjoy it and truly have access to it. When you look even broader, you have individual families, but now you have families from different communities also coming together. So mm. communities that might not have interacted with each other in the outside world because they just haven't had the opportunity now suddenly have the opportunity to share something truly special together. So maybe when they go back out there too, they say, wow, we share this joyful experience. We all love our children. It's the core of who we are as human beings. Mammals care for their young. And to be able to share that experience and realize that the community next to you has that same love. And together, we can share that experience and bring it out into the world so that we can start to break down more of those barriers. What is systemic 
doesn't need to remain that way. The very core is love and the very core is caring. And that's where we can begin to break down all of those barriers in the outside world as well. I can't think of a better way to end this. Ladies and gentlemen, she is the one, the only founder and executive director of Omnium, a bold new circus. Remember to visit OmniumCircus.org. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everyone in between, the wonderful Lisa B. Lewis. We would like to thank Lisa B. Lewis for joining us here on Circus Voices Podcast. Be sure to tune in for episode three of Circus Voices Presents Circus Reimagined with guest Juliet Feld Grossman, COO at Feld Entertainment. This special edition of Circus Voices Presents Circus Reimagined is a co-production between Circus Talk and Incentering. Join Circus Talk Pro today. If you do not already have a Circus Talk profile, I invite you to create one and to upgrade to Pro. If you are a talent, take advantage of the newest profile fields that make you stand out in talent searches. And if you are a talent seeker, do not miss out on accessing over 30,000 talent profiles from 193 countries. We have a special offer for Circus Voices listeners. Receive 15% off your annual membership by using the code CIRCUSVOICES2022. Our podcast design was created by Emily Holt and music was composed by Book Kennison. You can follow the Circus Voices podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.